millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Anyway, uh, so only the Patreons see the video, unless we use clips for the internet. Okay. Uh, and then so for the shift listeners, I already spoke to them last week on my solo episode saying that you would be coming on. This is Maria Wojcikowski. Hello, Katie. How are you? I already told them that you're the reason I started comedy. Oh, that's so, so nice. I remember being at Over the Over Eight, the which eight. is yeah, now shut down. And it was so funny because I went with my friend... Um, my Czechoslovakian friend um oh, no. so I guess she's Czech but she's also Czechoslovakian because I think it was Czechoslovakian when, when she, she was, was born yes because yes. that was like in the 90s I think yeah, yeah yeah and then she um moved to Ireland in her 20s and we became friends and then she visited me when we were in America and she was like oh we should go to a comedy show and she like organized the whole thing and I this is gonna sound ignorant because I know for the Irish listeners they're gonna know there's like Maeve Higgins there's a like there are uh, there's Alan Tiernan there was female comedians but I never really watched comedy so I only saw Dara Breen and Tommy Tiernan and other than that I never was into stand-up it was never anything I would think I would do and then we go and the men on the show are like bombing they're like eating shit and they're like fine and I'm like oh okay yeah and then you got on and you fucking crushed it and you were doing like a big performance and you were like so confident and I was like I want to be her and you know what's so funny is that my comedy was never even like that either like as soon as I started I could never yeah like I was never like a performer comedian but it just took like uh now I definitely am a bit more like you're definitely good on stage yeah (laughs) (laughs) I walk it took years okay (laughs) I do remember like early on in your stand-up when you were telling me you were like my goal is to get comfortable walking around on stage (laughs) Everybody I was else like, is like, I want to, I want to be on TV. I'm like, I just want to be able to move with the microphone. I remember trying to do that, and every step felt heavy. Like, <laughs> yeah. and it's so funny because last night I was on stage and I was thinking about it right before I got on, like, because I just did another show and how like how comfortable I feel and like how it's such night and day. Like, it took from from it went from being standing still to leaning on the back of the wall yeah. to leg on the back of the wall to like then going move here move here I felt like a like somebody was re- controlling me with like a PlayStation control you know <laughs> forward back forward left right my problem is I move around too much and so it comes off as like nervous energy I think oh I wouldn't have thought that watching you that's good to know yeah never I would have been like wow she could she the stages are bitch <laughs> That's a terrible, terrible saying. But it's all coming from, it's 100% coming from like anxious energy because it's like I have to get it out somewhere. And if otherwise, if I stand really still, I get like very, well, my material is kind of sad. It can be. (laughs) 
<laughs> it can be really sad. So you're, you're like talking about something like really dark, but you're like, I'm happy. Like yeah. you're like, yeah, I know. I understand though. Sometimes you got to use the body like a, get them to trust you. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise people are like, oh, yeah. and like, that's like the worst reaction for me is when people like sympathize or empathize yeah. with me. I'm like, please just laugh. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh no, don't make this more real. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I know. I feel like that because I'm t- I'm working on a bit now that I tried to when I started comedy, like all about like my my family stuff, which can be quite yeah. sad. Yeah, and I've always brought it back in and forth, and I was just thinking like the last few weeks, it's the first time I've really got it where they're consistently not like like oh this is a little sad but also funny it feels like yeah it's finally just funny well you also started um controversially with family topics in the u.s (laughs) with your dad killing your cat (laughs) yeah (laughs) and in the u.s we treat our pets like they're like babies babies and so at least in new york oh yeah yeah. so you got your feet wet like very early (laughs) on (laughs) yeah no absolutely they uh yeah treat them like replacement kids it is hard because it's uh such a different world as well where it's like things that will be funny in ireland just are yeah. way too people here are like a lot more sensitive to it um and then in ireland i feel like you gotta dig more into the dark stuff because they're like yeah i noticed that like whenever i have like more like uh northern european audiences they're way more into my style of comedy than some american audiences but then i also have some like too much like too heavily american references and they're like this doesn't clock with me so i'm like okay i don't know who i'm for (laughs) for transplants i guess i think you should definitely go to um edinburgh edinburgh i would love to i wanted to um i applied i think or i was going to apply and then the pandemic happened so i was going to apply with uh, with that with the one woman the solo show that i was talking about earlier with you um and then the pandemic happened and they canceled that year. So. Okay, well, I think it's just back up this year. It's something to consider. Well, yeah, I feel, you know, it's hard to get out. Yeah, planning a, <laughs> I'm planning a wedding now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just thinking. But still, I mean, and there's one woman shows around here. I mean, uh, not one woman shows, really great spaces to do Yes, venues, you know, yeah. like the St. Mark's Theatre is great. And that's why I, I did the show at the St. Mark's Theatre in like 2013. Yeah. Um, and that was like the perfect venue for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking in my head because I was like, if you were to do, if you were to go to Edinburgh Fringe and your references that you feel are American, I think you could totally look through your, your if you wrote it all down. And yeah, I'll see. give it to you. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you could even still do the American, because of globalization, I think people get a lot. But yeah. then you could be like, okay this didn't work and especially if you did the fringe because you're doing it every night you could come back with like a uk based reference (laughs) did you say bob hope right um uh bob dole oh yeah i don't know who the fuck that is yeah no that could be just a me thing no it's not he didn't even become president he ran for president in the 90s oh you know what even when you said that the whole time i thought you were talking about an artist no oh that's bob ross when you talk about him oh bob ross is great yeah you have that yeah so bob dole so you yeah yeah. No, my references are really, like, <laughs> they're very niche, even if you're American. And then they're like, even more niche if you're not. So people are like, 
I think this is supposed to be. She was funny earlier, so we're just gonna laugh. We're gonna trust that That's this so was funny. funny. <laughs> Sometimes that happens for me too, where yeah. I'm like, you know, I think, yeah, I think it's so true when when they trust you and, you, and they get you, and you're like, I'm like, that's not gonna be funny again. That wouldn't be funny <laughs> as a standalone. You're just going with it now. It's like when you're charming somebody socially and they don't like totally get your joke, but they're like. I'm having fun, yeah, yeah. so I'm just gonna yeah. laugh. Last night I did the, I did the joke backwards by accident, and so it didn't make sense. But they were having so much fun that they laughed anyway. And I thought on stage, well, I was very kind to of them. <laughs> yes, I, I didn't even I didn't even because it I can't I must look I must what re rewatch back the video because I know I said the words completely backwards. So yes, it didn't make sense. But they just were like, like you flub your uh, setup. So yeah. your punchline doesn't actually work, but people are like, we, we get where you were going yeah, with it. Yeah, <laughs> we're, con- we're context cluing this. Yeah. This is fine. Okay, I wanted to have you on because, um, well, firstly, you talk a lot about in your comedy about mental health. I do, yeah. And someone had wrote into the podcast that they had been diagnosed with a mental health issue and they're based in Ireland. And a, a family member had said to them like, oh, you know don't uh tell people about that because of the stigma and then secondly oh you won't be able to get a job or uh a mortgage and i was like wow mortgage yeah i was like that's wild i I need to get someone on to talk about that there's still that stigma then i actually met with this irish couple and i was saying to them that we were going to do the podcast on like i'm i they've they're just in from ireland and i was like there's still a stigma and he was saying the husband was like there is because he was like when he, they went for their house it was asked about your mental health which i didn't think it ever would be interesting and yeah then jobs asked too for like health insurance and stuff but i'm just like that's wild to me because i think that co- like the whole then you'd be afraid to get diagnosed where it's like if you're n- not looking after your mental health and you're not getting the help you need you're it's going to be harder for you at work it's going to be harder for you to like Mm -hmm. like sort your life out oh yeah you're not able to like be a functional person if you're not getting treated and it's the same with like well that's what um really annoys me with the stigma because it so many mental health issues can be treated really well now and granted there are a few that are really behind in the treatments like um i think schizophrenia has a long way to go with like a a really quality treatment that's um some of the medicines that exist for that do work for people maybe if they have like um milder i say mild with quotes because i I don't fully know like what the spectrum would be but like there are certain ones that are more susceptible and, and can be treated and there are types that are harder to treat and so like there's this whole you know spectrum of different illnesses that maybe some medications work for and some don't. So we are behind in treatments. But that being said, I would say like a good 65 to 70% of mental health issues can be treated in some way to help people cope and like live fulfilling lives in some capacity. And it would be the same like if you're not treating a heart condition or something like that. Like if you're not treating your heart condition, then you can't function. You can't go to work. You're fatigued and all that stuff. And so it's crazy to me that it's even legal. I feel like in Ireland, then it's a legislative issue. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like it's putting the presumption on them. Like, oh, we need to know. Because he was saying the insurance then would be higher for the mortgage if you have mental health issues. Where I'm like, oh, wow. That's like, but that's, 
they should be like oh okay and i i'm i'm i need to know more details about it but still it should be like oh you're but you're getting medicated you're more you're less risk than me because i'm i'm not diagnosed with anything i could just you know someone who's going and getting the therapy they need and they're diagnosed and taking the medication like i I, you know i've been screened for anything i'm more of a risk okay Yeah, I feel like so my question is, and I would like to I mean, I would like to know this for my own curiosity and just like go march over there if it's true. But like, are they checking your like credit score and like it's showing up on your credit score? Or is it just like verbal confirmation? We don't have a credit score. He said that so when he went for his mortgage, they have to get a uh, life insurance in case one of you die for oh, to so pay your mortgage. Pay your mor- so then the life insurance needs God, to know. Yeah. So, but still, I do feel like it'll scare people in general. That just scares because then he said if if you do have mental health, the premium is higher that you're paying. Yeah, which is fucked. That is, and it's. I do believe, and I don't know if they still have that here. There was that stigma here for a while with life insurance, um, but it was more. Yes, it was mental health, but I believe in the Obama. I believe the Obama administration. It, it was when they like passed laws to where you can't discriminate against pre-existing conditions. Yeah, that's exactly. I feel like that's it's discrimination. Yeah, it is. So I feel like in this issue, really, the stigma is being caused by the government, yeah. and so. You guys, if you're out there, go run for whatever your <laughs> Senate is. Go march. <laughs> I don't know what your parliament's like, but, you know, your government, what is it called? Yeah, and I think as well, as you're like, Kitty, what's it called? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Is there a prime honest. minister? So who's no, the king of Ireland? The king of Ireland. Yeah, yeah. It's a D-shock. Uh, and uh, that's all I know. <laughs> I don't vote there. I don't vote here. The I don't dolphin know. of Ireland. I'm like using <laughs> French terms. <laughs> Everybody's like, we need to have our votes. And I'm like, ah, some of us don't need to vote. Some of us, a lot of them. I feel that way in the U.S. too. Yeah. Because in Australia, I know it's like required to vote. And I'm like, I, you know, I don't know if I'd want that. A hundred percent. Like, I think, uh, I'll vote for whatever my friends who are more intelligent tell me to vote for. Right now, I can't vote. So it's grand. But uh, I think I can vote in like local stuff. But like, uh, not. Nah, I always feel like I don't have enough information. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just doing whatever my parents tell me. But my dad, let's say. But I think, uh, and I get nervous talking about this on the podcast because uh, my family had tried to like cancel me off the podcast or whatever. The ones I don't talk to. Yeah. But, but mm-hmm. I do think for me, it's my own personal reference with mental health. And when when that person emailed me in, um, I thought, wow. I don't know with my mother like she sometimes as well I think it's a dis- it's mean to people with mental health issues to just be like oh someone was a horrible yeah person maybe they have mental health and it's like maybe she's just a horrible person but I think with everything and when I talk to people about it I'm therapists they're like oh no it's definitely undiagnosed yeah and I'm so I just imagine at the time nobody the people all, all probably saw and they're probably like oh it's better to have her like this than have the stigma of mental health and like I just think if we were to go back in time and I love the way my life worked out so I don't want that but I think for her and if she had gotten the help that she needed she might have still turned out to be a cunt but um, But like a manageable cunt like yeah I do when I could have kept at arm's length instead of uh continence length (laughs) exactly and I think for her too I mean it would have helped a lot with you know maybe just maybe just like understanding it or like because right now she's in a different realm or different world of logic and I yeah um, and the paranoia and that are angry and the mood swings and everything and I think yeah I think uh 
So like, and that, so I'm like, okay, so they'd rather her being like that than, and I think that's really important for anyone to listen to. Oh, you think that if you're, if you just don't get it diagnosed, no, because your, your life is way worse if you're yes. not getting the help that you need. It also, I mean, it's not on mentally ill people to like destigmatize it. I do yeah. understand that because that's a lot of pressure already, Absolutely. but getting the help you need and being like a representative in a positive way is like a great start to yeah. de- destigmatizing it and then and being vocal about it and like like I said, I mean, it sounds like in Ireland it's a legislative issue, so if more people actually, I mean, so many people are mentally ill and then like there's I don't know see I always have a theory I'm like is the U.S. more mentally ill because you kind of had to be mentally ill to like get on a boat and come here (laughs) (laughs) like when I think about like the European immigrants that came over here I'm like that sounds awful like my ancestors they could have gotten they could have just died from diarrhea on a boat for no reason I'm like that's mental illness right there so I'm curious like is it just genetic here more because some of the immigrants that came over just were crazy or you know (laughs) I don't know I don't know I I think that there's definitely high in Ireland and it's just undiagnosed yeah I mean I've read a lot of Irish literature there's definitely depression over there 100% (laughs) there's generational trauma for sad sad people and like an inability to express your emotions and you don't know the words for those emotions is very frustrating like I have to say being in therapy and being in America has helped a lot with a lot of that stuff for me. So even though we would, you know, you would say, oh, America has more mentally ill people. I don't know, because I think it's more just more people are open about it. Yeah. Um, and I think if it, if I hadn't come here, I wouldn't have dealt with a lot of my, like a lot of the things. Because in Ireland, it's like your grant. Oh, yeah. don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. that that's not a big deal. Everybody's, and the, the culture in Ireland is someone has it worse. Oh, you're so lucky that you only have night terrors every night or you're so lucky <laughs> that well you don't speak to your mother at least you speak to your father or you know well he he left when he was you're five he could have left when you were two yeah i mean it's always like and it's like oh, oh there's starving kids in africa that's the fucking biggest one and then they have like a a troker box on the table that you donate money to and there's like literally a starving child with a fly on his head so it's always like it's always a reference when you're growing well you could be that child oh my <laughs> i i cannot stand like the trauma like the one downing that happens with uh, mental health and that's actually you know one of my jokes is just about how we're like you have depression okay how many milligrams of Zoloft are you on you're a poser like (laughs) like we are and I have it happens here too of like people really just trying to like be the one who's more messed up I guess so whereas in Ireland it's trying to be like Oh no no! I've nothing. I'm I'm fi- I'm doing I'm fine. fine. It could be way worse. Your arms falling off. Yeah. Like no no no! I could I could be missing the leg as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like people do what you're saying. They put that on people, but then people also do the opposite. Put them on, se- on themselves. themselves. Or like oh no no. Yeah, I do feel like um, yeah. I mean, it, it's in one way that's like a great. It is a great coping mechanism because it, it does keep you going, but then it does hinder you from realizing that you need help. Oh, I totally agree. I think. For me, what was really good was my step because my stepmom's a social care worker, so she's very clued in with a lot of stuff in mental health. Yeah, and her being like, uh, I think I can't remember, but one time I was upset about something, and I said something like, "Oh, well, it could be worse," and she was like, "Yeah, but that doesn't make your problem not a bad problem. Like, right? It's still you're still dealing with it, and just because it could be worse doesn't mean what's uh, happening to you is okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was really like uh, enlightening because mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, it's, and I think once you're admit something shit 
and you go and you deal with it, it everything's better in the long run. Like, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I had the same thing when, so I was diagnosed with, so... Oh yeah, everyone. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. say what I have. Um, so I have bipolar one with psychotic features, um, and so I was diagnosed in the middle of a psychotic episode, and it was really difficult to get anyone to believe me that I was like hallucinating, because everyone thought I was being quirky or goofy. And nobody really took me seriously because I was like a cute 25 year old girl. And so everyone was like, oh, Marie. and th- this was at the time of like Zoe Deschanel, where it was like cute to be like very uh, bizarre. And so people just really just ignored me when I would say things that were off the wall. And I was having conversations with people that didn't make sense at all because I was misinterpreting what they were saying to me. I was having like auditory hallucinations where they would be talking to me and maybe they were saying like, oh, hey, how's your day? But what I was hearing was like, oh, you look horrible today. And so I would reply back to you look horrible today. And I'd be like, why are you saying that? That's so mean. And to them, they would think I was joking because what they had said was, how is your day? And I'm like, why are you saying that? That's so mean. And so they're like, ha ha ha, you're so funny, Maria. Like, what a goof. And um, when I would try to tell people, like, I think I might be losing my mind. Everyone was just like, no, you're just, you know, artistic, or you're just whatever. And I, it wasn't until, because after the psychotic, the, the main part of the psychotic break, I fell into a really bad depression. And I was really hung up on an ex-boyfriend that I didn't even like. And I was like, I just had a moment when I was talking to my friend about him. And she was like, Maria, you never liked him. What is, what's going on really? And that was like the the light bulb for me. I was like, I need help. I need start to see somebody and, and get diagnosed and figure this out. And so then I, um, I was seeing a therapist at the time and she had tried to diagnose me with bipolar, like like session one and I grew up talking about stigma I grew up with a mom who would always call me bipolar but as an insult and so I always took it as an insult to like my personality and my my being as opposed to just like an illness that you can treat and you can still be your great bubbly self or you can be sad sometimes like just but just in a letterbox of like not feeling the extreme emotions yeah. Um, but so I was scared to, I, I was scared to accept the diagnose diagnosis up until I had that psychotic break. And I was just, I just reached my, um, I did reach my breaking point mentally of just like, I really can't live like this. And I was so depressed. I had to have friends come spend the night with me because I was worried I was going to hurt myself. And yeah. so I, um, yeah, I went and got diagnosed and then I started, medication and I'm one of the lucky people because my medication worked right away I I mean it doesn't happen for everybody and I don't think it happens for most people but I'm telling you it I didn't realize I was seeing the world through such a dark lens literally everything was like almost black and white for me and it was like somebody just suddenly turned on a color tv and I was like what the flowers look beautiful everything looks stunning and it was and it was incredible and then um once I leveled out a little bit I like that then was still cycling through some emotions but like I said really what what it did for me was like my extremes were at you know 
200. Whereas then when I was on medication, it brought me down to like 100 or 80. You know, it was my levels were, I, I don't know how to describe it, but I still felt all of my emotions. I was still creative. I was still everything I was before. Just like the extreme versions of it were more muted. And so I was able to function and deal with my emotions in a healthy way. Yeah. So it was, yeah, I mean, it was the the best thing that ever happened to me was to confront it and like to let go of the stigma. And for me, what what really helped me was um, there was a band that I really liked at the time called Passion Pit and their lead singer was pretty vocal about having bipolar. Oh, I love Passion Pit. Yeah, I like really related to that, yeah. that one album that was like in 2012. I can't even remember what it was called, but I really felt just connected to the music and when I found out what the album was written about I was like no wonder I'm connecting to this I'm living the same thing and it it gave me I don't know it just made me feel like okay this person's this person's successful they're I mean I don't know how if he's doing well I don't know him but like they were doing well at least professionally and it it gave me that courage and it it destigmatized it for me and that was when I knew right away that I couldn't live with it quietly because it would make me feel um, like I was crazy. Whereas if I just lived with it, like with an open heart, then it was like me saying like, I'm not, this is just an illness I have. And it has never like been a problem dating. Even when I've dated guys who are, um, <laughs> quote unquote normal like you know you're an artist but like yeah. so most of the guys I've dated are like artistic and you know they probably have something going on too but like I dated a few like finance bros or whatever and for them it was like oh if she's just so open about it and she's dealing with it then she's fine yeah. and and that was the truth of it too so it was nice I think as well like what you said were um earlier with the heart attack thing like if someone had cancer no one would like shame them or make them feel bad about it or For going like, to chemo yeah. yeah yeah i'm not like oh you're being such a cancer head you know <laughs> when someone's annoying like and it is true people use bipolar as like a and they don't even when people use bipolar as a insult i they just don't even really know what it means yeah i think and i think that's why a hundred percent so many people are afraid because it has had such a negative connotation yeah um it's like when people use other words when we look at the words, a lot of the time you don't even know what, you, what it means. You're just throwing out something you know that's an insult. Yeah. And my grandmother um, had schizophrenia. And so she had schizophrenia in Alabama in the 1960s. So there was no mental health awareness at the time. Uh, there were like the, the hospitals were asylums. Like it was a really messed up situation for her. And I, I feel for her so much because I'm, I just think about like, what, what could she, what could she have been like had she gotten diagnosed in 2022 and like been able to get in, like I had said earlier, you know, schizophrenic medications are not at the level yet that I would hope they would be, but they are way more advanced because I think at the time all they had was like lithium and they just used that to treat everything. Um, so, and electroshock therapy, which doesn't work for schizophrenia, but it can be good for depression. So there's yeah. like, they just used a one size fits all for any mental illness at the time. And I like, my heart breaks for like what, for her, what her life was yeah. when it was totally out of her control given, um, 
medicine at the time. And so that's one of the reasons why I feel so strongly about people getting help because like we live in a time when it's, you know, one of the first times in history where people can get the help they need. Um, again, not everybody can, but a, a majority can and they can get the help they need and live a uh, quality life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if more people like, if you think about it, like, I, f I feel like it's always easier to advocate for others than yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, the more people are getting diagnosed, the more they're going to put research into this. And that article I was reading uh, the other day about for this was saying that there needs to be more research into mental health. There needs to be more oh, yeah. people wanting it. And I think, I think I, I'm with you. I think more people, because in comedy, more of my friends are diagnosed with something than the people who aren't so to me that's just like oh well they're the people who went and got the help that they needed more yeah. people need to get help I think it's way more common than we all talk about or know about absolutely and I I do feel like um weirdly enough with with younger generations when people are in their 20s there there tend to be at least in the U.S. like a trend a trendy illness have you noticed that by any chance I feel like right now ADHD is trending oh yeah um and when when I was in my 20s, it was bipolar where and I think that weirdly helped me because <laughs> it made me be like, oh, I have bipolar. And then some of my friends who had it, you know, they don't. But <laughs> but at the same time, it was like, you know what? I, I hated it at the time that everyone was calling themselves that because it really it really made me feel like, no, you don't know what it's actually like. Yeah. But by the same token, it. it destigmatized it in a way so when with people thinking they had it when they actually didn't or they just had maybe depression or something else that was living yeah. in that world um yeah it it ended up being even though the you know the pendulum swung a little too far to that direction it did level out eventually and so that's why I'm like okay I know I don't know maybe it'll happen with every generation a new one is more acceptable or something yeah no um there was something I was going to say there when you said about the ADH because oh, it's like and they've even changed the name of it oh did they yeah because I and the woman had a bit about it but where it's like it's oh because it used to be ADD and now it's ADHD oh yes it, yeah, yeah. yeah um she has a really funny bit where her sister's like it's actually ADHD now and she's like you know I'm dyslexic <laughs> <laughs> that's hysterical yeah I think um so a question I want to ask you is when you feel like something as a person you're feeling like it you know something's off something uh do you go to a psychiatrist or a therapist I do both um so I see a therapist once a week and a psychiatrist once a month but the very first time you went to a therapist right? yeah the very first time so I started therapy because I was um I so I actually started therapy because I have this strong fear of getting colon cancer it's just like always been in the back of my mind um and my grandfather died of that. So I think it was just always something like, and, you know, we both have IBS. <laughs> so I've always had stomach issues. And um, I was convinced that I had colon cancer. And I was like very stressed out about what was going on with my stomach and my body because my digestive system was just a, a huge mess. Mm -hmm. And so my primary care doctor at the time ran a bunch of tests on me and everything was coming back normal. And then she sat me down and I love that she did this because it, 
she really she checked me physically and really did her due diligence like making sure I was healthy yeah. before she then was like are you anxious <laughs> because I hate when doctors because then do you don't that. feel like gaslit yes yeah. exactly because there have been times when I was gaslit too because of by not bipolar but just by just the doctors do yeah. that um, sometimes to women um but she sat me down afterwards and was like uh, so everything is, is honestly looking normal. And the next thing I would like to check into is like if you're feeling anxious or depressed. And I just started to cry yeah. immediately. And it was like I didn't even know that I was feeling anxious and depressed until she asked me and I just burst into tears. And so then she recommended me to just a talk therapist. Yeah. And, um, and I didn't. And that was when, you know, I was just going in there and talking about my feelings. And, and that's when through my talk therapist, I started to discover that there was something deeper going on yeah. that needed medication. Yeah. I think that's important for the listeners as well. They're not going to like straight away say they're going to talk through and find out. And like, cause even my therapist is like, let's talk about your diet sometimes. Like they're, they, they're going to go through everything first. Before, exactly. Yeah. And what is the worst thing? Because I was reading in this article and they were saying things not to say to someone who has mental health issues. What is the worst things that people can say? Oh, there's a million worse things. Um, I think one of them is when people do diminish how you're feeling. Um, So like you were saying where your arm's falling off and someone's like, well, at least it's not your leg. Um, It's that same feeling of like, people just saying like well you're fine you have money or you're fine because you're pretty or you know really it makes you feel like oh well it makes you feel worse especially if you're in a depressive state because then you're like oh I have all of these things going for me and yet I'm unhappy so therefore I will never be happy when the truth is, is you're unhappy because your brain is broken and that's not your fault and nothing in your life is going to make your brain not broken so you need to what you need is medication or you know maybe you do need just like a very good therapist depending on what your diagnosis is um so that to me is like one of the biggest uh one of the worst things to say a better thing really to say like if somebody is complaining about stuff to you is just listen yeah and then the second thing is like if they're not in therapy you it you know it, you you know the person some people take it yeah. <laughs> i have a lot of people in my life that desperately need therapy and i've been trying to get them there yeah. and i can't even suggest it because they they lose their minds like if i suggest it and i think it's because again they feel like you're you're there's such a bad connotation with the word crazy yeah when you say you should go to therapy they're like oh my god you think i'm crazy yes so like i'll i'll say to people all the time but i'll be like i'm in therapy it really helped me like i really think if you know they'll be like oh it's too much money and i'm like i thought the same too but this valera health is 15 dollars a session so you can find a way around it and yeah i think that's the exact way to go about it if you are in therapy or if you've been in therapy before is just like putting it on you and saying like i i once felt a certain way and when i started therapy and i got this this and that and and helping that person find the resources because if you're in the middle of a depressive episode everything feels like a mountain to you so it's so hard to do anything like it's hard to get dressed it's hard to take a shower so it's especially hard to make an appointment um Mm. 
So if you're if it's someone you're close with and you feel close enough to, you can offer to help make that appointment with them if they're if they seem interested. And yeah, and to offer to go with them. And if you haven't been in therapy, you can literally use this episode of the podcast. You can say, <laughs> Hey, I haven't, um, you know, but if I ever needed it, I would a hundred percent and I heard these two great girls <laughs> <laughs> super talk, hot. Yeah, talking about it. And you know, they they seem it seems to have changed their lives. Um, I think another thing, you know, if I when I and I was thinking about when you were in school and how they were like, Oh, Maria's just quirky and it's like if you were vomiting, they would be like, Oh, Maria's sick. Yeah. And I think I remember when I was depressed, um, and I was all coming out of the mother situation and I just people because people don't understand about depression and they don't understand about mental health they don't want to deal with it and mm-hmm. they just want you to be better but they don't know how to fix you and they get frustrated uh, and they're like oh just like get on with it yes um and that's so frustrating just cheer up yeah and it's like what the whereas if i were physically if and i'm you know when you're like if i had a flu they'd be like oh rest up there now let me make you a cup of tea um let me know what i can do for you let me drive you to the doctor and it's like why don't they take that attitude when someone's depressed like okay well, let me know what you need I'm here for you instead of like getting frustrated it's so hard because then yeah. you feel like okay now I gotta pretend like I'm okay when I'm not and right it doesn't help at all you're not getting the help you need well it's exhausting to pretend like you're okay as well yeah. like it and so if anyone's listening who is you know struggling and pretending every day like um the problem with pretending is that it fatigues you so you're not able to then when you get home in the quiet of your house you're not able to like have that strength to cope the same way if you are a little more honest with yourself during throughout the whole day you're saving your energy for when you really need it which is honestly when you're alone at night i think yeah yeah, yeah. i think that the the other bad thing that people say to me and this is what people say now that i'm like way more open about bipolar is i will get dms all the time from people being like i think that my brother has bipolar and so i'm like oh my gosh um like what's going on and they're like he burnt down our house and murdered my family (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like i think something else also is going on Yeah, yeah yeah well that's the thing too it's like uh people don't know that there's all these different like you said you're bipolar with psychosis features yeah so there's like all these different and then also it could be just someone who just burnt down the house is an angry person <laughs> he's got arson yeah maybe it could be just you know maybe he just likes to burn down houses I don't or know. he's also he's bipolar and an arsonist like yeah, yeah. you can be multiple things you yeah. know it's sometimes i get really annoyed with I do get people annoyed. I do get annoyed when people excuse bad behavior based off of just mental illness because we are never just one thing. You know, you're not just Irish and you're not just a woman and you're not just whatever. We're all multiple things and that's what makes us who we are. And so when I am not just a bipolar person, everything I do in my life is not a result of being bipolar. So when people kind of just justify bad behavior because of a mental illness I think I get a little frustrated because I'm like there are multiple factors that brought that into it and maybe bipolar is what gave them that like bad part of the brain that made them follow through with it but there was something that made them do it like yeah there's other things going on as well I agree with you too because uh a lot of me not feeling guilt about not speaking to my mother as well a I put in 18 years and b 
it's still not an excuse for everything that went down. I, you know, I do think even if she did take tablets, she might have, you know, we yeah, that's might. what we were saying. She would exactly. just been a manageable. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I still think there's no, and it's, uh, it gets to a point where it's not my responsibility anymore, you yeah. know, to, to sort. So I do think like, and sometimes people will be like, oh, but maybe she's mentally unwell. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean I needed to be traumatized. <laughs> yeah, know? there so. is a line that people have to draw when there are people who are refusing treatment in their lives. And, re- and because I do think there's a difference between somebody who's struggling to um, struggling with treatment but you know that they're trying and then somebody who's refusing to do anything about it. And the person who's refusing to do anything about it, they are going to be causing mental health problems in you. If you continue to let them abuse you or uh, there's just a lot of things that, that happen. I mean, mental health is so delicate and everyone's susceptible and susceptible in some way. Uh Um, Because, you know, PTSD and stuff like that, that's a mental health illness. But that's not particularly a genetic one all the time. It's it's triggered by something environmental that happens to you. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a really tough one. It's a really tough line to cross of like knowing when you're what your boundary is as a person, because you want to be empathetic to others, but you also have to take care of yourself. A hundred percent. I totally agree with that. It can cause mental health issues in you um and i also think as well if the person is refusing to get treatment refusing and you guys have done everything it's like sometimes you have to let you have to give space and let that person maybe yeah or hit their own rock bottom yeah figure that out on their own and maybe then hopefully they'll choose or hopefully they'll not but i i definitely had ptsd because up until going to therapy i had nightmares every like night terrors every night sleep paralysis sometimes in the shower or like walking down the street i would hear my mother scream my name oh god like and i wouldn't it would just be like a loud like a car screech or something in the shower yeah so like little things like that and it definitely affected me and like when people would do things it would trigger like and i would feel defensive but i'd be like why am i so defensive because they said that yeah or why do i feel the need to prove this or why do i feel like i'm walking on eggshells with certain things and it was just like oh when i went to therapy it was like oh very basic i felt very like oh i'm just a fucking it's my childhood freudian case i'm not that complicated at all but um and all the through the talk therapy i don't have the nightmares anymore i haven't heard a screech i last time i went to ireland because i used to feel like very panicky going back yeah, to ireland i remember and, like, you telling me that yeah and I didn't feel like that at all and I think um yeah I think just being like yeah that was shit this is terrible let's talk about it and talked about things that I didn't even know I was annoyed about you know like Mm -hmm. in the situation you know and really got to vent that out and feel not guilty about it because it's not not venting to the people I'm not venting uh you know it's like yeah I've I yeah I think and on that PTSD is because of someone else who who isn't dealing with their shit yeah i i really feel like i i wish that everyone went to therapy for like a year of their lives i wish it was just like mandated universally like the israeli army (laughs) for therapy (laughs) exactly i mean i know that there are not like there are some therapists that can be um unintentionally I guess, like promoting bad behavior and, you know, therapy is what you get out of it. You have to be super honest because if you're not, then you're not going to get anything out of it because your therapist won't actually be helping you. Oh, that's so true. That's another thing true. And I said a two, sorry. And I said this in the solo episode, you have to be open to say all the stuff because it's, it might be her feel hurtful when they say like, actually like, I'm, you know, that's, you might feel like they're implying something you did is wrong, but it actually helps to find out where that's coming from. Yeah. 
And a lot, most of the time, actually, they don't. Sometimes you're just so paranoid that they're like, they don't even say that you're wrong. They're just like, okay, well, let's like figure out where where this where that came from. Yeah. yeah, like why and where like, why you wanted to do that? Yeah, or and, they're, and they're so nice. They're like, well, that makes sense, of course, because you're coming from it from this perspective. And then you're able to go back to your partner and be like, huh, so sorry, I slammed the door, but I actually it was because of that time my mother <laughs> when I was five years old. You just start doing a solo show. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. lights dim yeah, and there's yeah, a spotlight yeah. on you. <laughs> She was yelling and I was in my bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's so, and then in fairness to them, when you give them that information, if they're a good partner, they know this is a trigger. Yeah. I can't I and they'll they in fairness to them, they'll they like whenever I've told anything to Leland that I'm like, Oh, that kinda makes me feel like this because of such and such and I'm able to go I'm not I'm I'm able to go now, not like you're a fucking asshole because of this. I'm able to go, Oh, I know that maybe you didn't mean it this way, but this is how I hear it because of my, my past. And he's able to go, fuck, okay, that that's, you know, I, I definitely won't say that because there's different words that people mean as a joke. Yes. Like my interpretation of jealousy is so different than his interpretation of jealousy. And I remember one time he was like, oh, you're jealous because this. And I've worked my whole life to never even show jealousy because yeah. my mother was like the most jealous, like where it's like a, like a, just jealousy disorder um and so i was like you know and i freaked and he was like no like i didn't mean it like that jealousy to me just means like you were like oh like yeah, slightly like, envious yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'm like oh i'm so sorry i interpreted that, that as this is and you know we all have different definition of words because of our experiences yeah it's what can i ask you yeah so the different types of and what time do you have to leave at do you are you i'm good okay great Let me i'm having some. a great time okay, yay! <laughs> <laughs> me too um so uh, what are uh here's the thing too people have so I, I i think it's really important for everybody to know we have we make our own definition of words so if i were to say to my dad let's say oh i've been diagnosed with bipolar i think he thinks my mother has that even though we haven't been no one's diagnosed, never diagnosed her, her yeah yet. so he might be like but no, that's not that. Mm-hmm. And like me, this is a hypothetical conversation. This is, but my point is, uh, you say you've bipolar one, right? What, so what is that? Oh, there's two types. Okay. So there, there's bipolar one, which means that you can have manic episodes, and so a manic episode is um, racing thoughts. Uh, ideas of like grandeur so you can think like oh i'm the queen of the united states you're like that doesn't exist for a second i was like well i think i'm really good at comedy (laughs) i'm so irish that i was like is that grandeur no i knew i had it when i was like i am a good comedian (laughs) yeah that was the queen of america yeah yeah yeah, you're just you really get these like um uh, just thoughts in your head that you're really great at a lot of things another thing is that you can't finished task so you just are you're having all of these like sometimes very creative cool ideas but you're not able to follow through on absolutely anything because you're having so many ideas at once that you can't shuffle out the noise and you do become incapacitated by the mania and you're not able to actually like get anything done and um you talk really fast um and you don't have to have all of those things going on but um the other big sign is that it lasts for more than four days. So it'll last. Uh, for me, it lasted. I've only had uh, one actually manic episode. And all of the others have been what's called hypomanic, which is like the the thing that it's like a euphoric state that, caught, that does cause some people with bipolar not to get um, medicated because 
you you are like really creative for four days and you aren't your racing thoughts aren't as bad you're actually able to get things done like I wrote a play one time in four days and it's like actually not bad you know (laughs) one of those things but the manic episodes are so terrible that you're just you're truly not able to like accomplish anything and um that's one of the that's one of the states that gets a lot of people like locked up you know because they uh they have no impulse control at that stage and so there's just a lot of things that happen um and so anywho a manic episode is so if you have one manic episode, you're technically diagnosed with bipolar one okay. uh, because bipolar two on the other spectrum is leans more towards depression. Yeah. And you can have depression with bipolar one, which I, I definitely do. I definitely get a lot of depressive episodes. But with bipolar two, you mostly don't get manic episodes. You're you're usually um, you usually go more towards the depression side and then sometimes hypomanic. But uh, the tricky thing about bipolar 2 is that sometimes people are misdiagnosed with regular depression. And this is how we know that it's very a physical, it is a physical illness because if you treat someone with bipolar 2 with antidepressants, what's going to do is their body is going to take that serotonin and have a hypomanic episode. So they're not going to be able to stabilize on antidepressants. and usually if someone's like not responding to antidepressants, it's usually because they actually have bipolar. Um, but there are plenty of people who have bipolar that just show depression yeah. as their state. It's a, it's a complicated illness. It's, and it's linked, it is linked to schizophrenic genes. And so I do think like it's, and like you, to your point before, it's, it's not as highly researched and understood scientifically um, as it should be. So it's, it's, we understand it way more in theory than we do in like medical practice. Yeah. And so it is important for people to get diagnosed because the more people who have it, the more likely there's going to be money in, that's put into research. And the quicker you get diagnosed, the quicker you could try out the different medications. Yes. Yeah. Cause a lot of times, working. a lot of times you have to do a cocktail of medications. Like I'm on more than one medication. Mm-hmm. So you take more than one thing, but you have to find the right dose and you have to find you know, what works for you and not everything's going to work for you right away. Or it's, it's just, it's a complicated process sometimes. Um, so like I have insomnia on top of bipolar and I also have anxiety. So I have to like treat all of those things like in a holistic <laughs> type of way, you know, to make like sure. Like a mixologist. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just to make sure like, because my insomnia 100% triggers the anxiety and bipolar yeah. um, uh, episodes where and my anxiety will feed into my uh, insomnia. So there's there's just a lot. It's all coexisting within each other. So it's really important to like figure out what is going on. And you, like I said before, you may not just be one thing like and that's why you shouldn't ever qualify someone as a bipolar or like a schizophrenic because people aren't just that like there are there are different levels to everybody and so it's and that like adds to the stigma that like you are your illness yeah i think it's so interesting because when you're saying all this like okay so you have to do this for this part of your brain and this for this part of your brain it's the 
exact same as someone uh, wanting to work out to be at a certain weight or yeah. someone who is like more likely to maybe be overweight but is worried about like conditions that they have something in their body that shows oh you've high cholesterol so you're gonna have to like work out extra or do these workouts like right. I, know, I know for me let's say I'm malnutrition so I have to take extra vitamins than your regular person uh I don't need to work out like regular people because I have a high metabolism and it's just genetic but it'd be better to work out for my energy but I have rosacea so I can't do too sweaty working out (laughs) so it's like yeah you figure this out as you go along and that's the exact same as your brain stuff okay so I have high anxiety but I get depression so let's work through what tablets it's the same as me taking multivitamins I'm on IPMS so I'm on primrose i'm on multivitamin uh for the malnutrition i'm on vitamin d because i don't really like going out in the daytime and um oh i have allergy multivitamin medicine and allergy medicine so like it's not that i'm on five cocktails where it's like yeah for someone else like if you feel bad about having to take a cup like it's not that different you know you you go for a run to be at a certain weight right yeah i think there's also i mean i don't know how it is in ireland but in the u.s there's a big there's like a big pharma fear that a lot of people have like where they're afraid of the pharmaceutical companies and and don't trust them but i i would say to that like you can do some sincere research because a lot of these medications have been out there for a long enough time to where you can you can check to see what your doctor's putting you on and making sure for your own um sanity literally that you you know that this drug is working for other people and safe for you to take um there are also sometimes i mean bipolar i think i i I truly believe bipolar has to be medicated but there are like some levels of depression that maybe doesn't need to be medicated by a pharmaceutical but can be medicated by yoga and talk therapy and things that are like really good for you healthy diet no drinking stuff like that It definitely worked for me because I would say you know it's so funny when I look back now there was times where I would just and this is like over years so back and forth where I'd be like so depressed that I would like fantasize about suicide but I'd know I'd never do it yeah but it's like you know ideation fantasizing yeah you don't want to be like fucking getting wet over the knife in the corner (laughs) you know and it's like I never would but I just would feel so low and I'm I'm, even when I started dating Leland there was times where I was just like look I'm just in a funk and I need it and ever since therapy and I feel so good now that I don't really have anything to talk about in therapy but I'm like nervous to lose it yeah (laughs) but I'm sure like I can stop and go back if worse comes to worse but I just think like getting everything out uh in the open was it really helped and learning about like triggers and learning about like oh you know just go outside and such a basic thing but like if you're feeling low just going outside and going for a walk or knowing your I worked two two day jobs while doing stand-up every night and a lot of that if I'm honest was to like uh, make my father feel proud which is like bullshit because in the end it doesn't matter yeah like when am I gonna be exhausted and he's just like oh great you're exhausted but that's just because he overworks himself Mm. so and I think he sees that a lot as his like identity so a lot of me was always like trying to prove myself but it's also like in the end who the fuck you I can't I, I can't work as hard as that man that man's like I don't know like bionic or whatever is that the word like that yeah robotic man yeah i think that bionic is the right word yeah so just not being hard on yourself being nice to yourself and being like yeah i don't and i'm so much happier now that i don't work i like work one day at a bar do the comedy 
And it's like, yeah, I don't need to have four different careers. <sighs> yes. To feel like a, you're just running away from your problems. too. Yes. Yep. I, I gosh, that made me lose. I lost my train of thought. There's something you said made me think of something. I Overworking. Oh, going for a walk. Yes. Oh, I basic, the, right? that, that made me think about, um, the fact that I do believe like, uh, when you were talking about like your issues with your mom, I had issues with my mom. I truly believe that if you want to be a parent one day, you really should deal with your problems in therapy yeah. before you have kids. Because even if your problems aren't that bad or, you know, um, you're not dealing with an actual depression episode, like you're going to unknowingly pass on anxieties you have to your kids or different things you have um your kids are going to pick up on those things. Yeah. And like, so you really want to be the best version of yourself before having kids. And also I think for women, especially if uh, you want to be able to know, like, cause postpartum depression is really, really common to get. Mm -hmm. And it happens in uh, women who've never experienced depression before. And so I feel like it would be really helpful to people to like, know okay what does depression like what should I be on the lookout for yeah. and talking to a professional about those things and maybe even seeing a therapist like throughout your pregnancy and stuff like that just to make sure like are these things I'm feeling because of environment the environment or is it because I'm sinking into a postpartum depression like what's just having someone to bounce that off with like a professional I think that's a great idea I remember us talking though like four years ago or something about therapy and I remember saying like I really worry that I'm going to accidentally like fuck up my kids because of um, things that my mom did or you know even my dad did not knowing that they did it and now I'm less worried about it because it's like I've already kind of hashed out all that. Like, <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. It was one of my one of my fears with having a kid was a that it would be if there was like a genetic thing that it would turn out like my mother and I can't just abandon my kid, <laughs> <laughs> or b that I would have all this unresolved issues. Um, but I'm the same as you now. I've worked it all out, and I think it's so true everything you're saying because these are learned behaviors when it comes to like gaslighting, manipulation, and 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 it's really important if you notice that you're doing that to like figure it out and learn how to communicate without having to yeah gaslight someone or manipulate someone yeah and, and we're not we've all we've all done situations like I've been in situations where a friend has uh I'm trying to think you know uh been like oh I, I can't think of a good thing where you by accidentally gaslight them where you're like no I wasn't annoyed and then you're like you know now that I'm like older you know like I just look back because I've done a lot of looking inward and in, like when I'm a teen or something and it's like oh, it's just so much easier to be like yeah I was um no you weren't imagining that I was I was uh I manipulated people unknowingly all the time yeah and it was like not even realizing that that was what it was because I didn't know the name for it and I knew what manipulation was but I always thought of manipulation as like malice intent like you mm. needed to mean that you were <laughs> trying to manipulate somebody and not realizing that like oh I was trying to get this I was trying to get this behavior out of them yeah. and so I did that I did that thing in order to like get that response from them yeah like saying like you're in a relationship and you're pissed off so you're looking for a fight and yeah. you say the one thing you know your partner will be really pissed off about and then you're like I didn't mean it like that you're taking it like that like, I mean like we're yeah. all we've all been guilty at some but the key is to just be like okay I don't want to do that again or that's not 
get yeah. your drama somewhere else do a sport yeah. you know, watch telenovela <laughs> take an acting class yeah but yeah do comedy um but uh I, there's plenty of drama and comedy so much you're... adrenaline though that you're just yeah there's so much that you're like ah oh, this is uh this is enough i don't need this but yeah. uh but yeah so like with parents too like you'll see them be passive aggressive towards each other because they're not trying to show that they fight in front of the kid but the kids pick up on that oh yeah and then they feel yeah i think you're right you definitely go to therapy if you're a parent um a hundred percent yeah or and before if you want to be yeah figure out your shit figure out your fucking shit yeah um because like it's funny oh and that's the thing too like as a any kid who's grown up in sort of a weird environment you go on thinking that's normal and that's why women date men who are abusive because they've seen it their father abusing their mother like i'm so i was so numb to a lot of stuff like one time my mother when i was really small i don't know what i did to annoy her but she was like okay i'm just gonna she was like crying at the table she was definitely in like i would say it's a manic episode yeah because it was very manic like just to be straight away crying and then she was like i'm just gonna slip my wrists at the table and the blood is gonna pour out and you're gonna you know you're gonna regret whatever i said and i was a kid i didn't say anything that bad i'm sure i just said like i prefer pizza for dinner or something mm-hmm. but that was normal and mm-hmm. then you grow up and you realize it's not normal and you have to deal with that but like yeah so it's like kids will think that this is all no and then you go to someone else's for dinner you go to a friend's for dinner and then she's like praying at the table or like oh you know telling each other they love each other and i'm like you don't say you're gonna slit your wrists at the table that's not normal (laughs) yeah i know i feel like um i didn't realize certain things until i was in like i i was in healthy relationships that bored me yeah and i didn't realize like Oh, I was because I was searching for what was comfortable for my life and what was comfortable for my life was chaos and people yelling at each other all the time. Like, I think um, my family is very much not Irish and they will say everything they feel. But to a part to a point that's like some things you got to keep to yourself. Like, like I remember... um, one Christmas, my dad got my mom some Tupperware and my mom like flipped out on him in front of everybody and she started throwing the Tupperware everywhere yeah. and then she left and she didn't spend Christmas with us. And I grew up thinking that, and that wasn't, you know, the first outburst like that. And I grew up thinking it's normal to have these huge emotional outbursts yeah. when you don't get your way. Yeah. And um, in relationships, like that that was the reason why one of the reasons why I could never have a healthy relationship because the, the guys who were healthy didn't put up with that. Yeah. And the guys who were unhealthy fed into it. Yeah. They loved it because that was what they knew as, yeah. Love as well. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Like I, when I first started dating Leland, I was like, uh, if I'm, I, and I had dated another kind of, and I don't want Leland's not boring, but nice, just normal and what I would have found boring too. And I did find it quite boring, but I was like, I'm really trying to fix my brain. Yeah. So I was like, I just got to keep up with this guy. And this guy also, there wasn't a big connection. There wasn't a sexual connection. I don't know, but it did help with rewriting, rewriring my brain a little bit. Then I dated a DJ. That was a mess. He was a narcissist. Yeah. Um, that was a bit of a, that was a bit of a, like a, just uh, falling off the wagon for a second. Okay. <laughs> and I got back on the wagon, met Leland. And I, when we first, in our first, and I did struggle with it a bit in our first month of dating because I was like, again, I was like, you don't want to, you don't want to be possessive or jealous. You don't want to throw something. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I had to like settle yeah, into it. Yeah. It's a way of like, you, f- you equate 
jealousy sometimes with love mm-hmm. or possessiveness with love because yeah. that's what you were kind of shown and like you grew up thinking that like oh if you don't want me to talk to anybody else that means you don't care if I talk to anybody else which means that you don't yeah. love me and 100%. there's there's a lot of things that like go on there and that's that's like one of those things where it's why therapy is so important for every for everybody because everyone is susceptible to that that's not a mental illness that's just like trauma from childhood oh uh, yeah i completely agree with you like i think now like how my mother was going through my phone as soon as i got a phone so fucking block you you know knock you 3310 and she's like, who, who are you going through my phone who am I? i'm texting like my friend being like see you late like later spelled l a or you know yeah like and she was going through my phone she was reading my diary from when i was seven i had to make up my oh own my language God. and i never like close my bedroom door if i were even allowed to sleep in my bed because she'd force me to sleep in the bed with her so of course and then people are like you know it's so funny like i remember sometime someone being like well why didn't you pick partners like your dad and i never could figure out until i went to therapy but if i honest my dad fucked off when i was five and i love him and i don't feel like any it's not he's not perfect it's really i don't think he would have gotten custody i don't know what the story is there we're not going to delve into there so nobody gets hurt yeah (laughs) but maybe he did maybe he didn't but i mean if he had stayed there he probably would have the the stuff he would have went through so i i mean putting five years in there and what i saw him go through i totally understand him leaving but i was with the other person yeah so what i equate with love is what the other person did yeah you know, i was with her the majority of the time i yeah. saw her relationships more going down and seeing my dad's and my stepmom w- was great but it was still only 20 percent of the time yeah and thankfully i have that now to model with my relationship with leland but i'm with you on that for the most part it's what it's what you see you could still even if you go to a friend's and you see that's a healthy that's not what you're yeah because it's not imprinted in you yeah, from when you're imprinted? like five to seven no. you're just like <laughs> <laughs> you're just like oh i see that this exists uh it ain't for me but uh <laughs> yeah 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 this isn't you guys don't really love each other yeah. <laughs> what's it like being dull <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no and i we're great and i've met your um fiance yeah amazing and uh yeah it's definitely you just have to rewire your brain can i ask you is bipolar genetic or can it be influential and it environmental? is kind of both um it's definitely genetic but I think it's one of those that can be kind of triggered. Yeah. Um, and and also how you're raised can affect the severity of the bipolar, yeah. like in how it presents in adulthood. Um, there was actually this crazy study that was like very illegal. And it was done in the 60s or 70s in the US. And this um, psychiatrist would take twins and triplets and put them up for adoption with different families and he intentionally put them up for adoption with parents with very different parenting styles and uh, there were these triplets in the 80s that discovered each other by accident because they were all in the New York area and they just happened to go to college like together or whatever and they had all of these similarities that were really bizarre, like their specific like brands of cigarettes and their favorite colors and everything was really similar. Um, but when they, they discovered that they all like they didn't know because this was the 80s and people weren't really getting diagnosed, but they did all suffer from um, some form of depression. And one of them killed themselves. Jeez. And the other two were wondering like, okay, we, we feel this way sometimes, but what made us not do that? And that's when they looked into the adoption agency and they found out it was done on purpose. Um, and 
the kid with with severe depression was put with parents who were really like um I forget the word for the parenting style it's not I don't think it's authority I think it's authoritarian yeah. the, there's a tricky one there's one that's good and one that's bad I think authoritative yeah. is the good one anyway this one is like one where you act like you are like a dictator and everyone has to do exactly what you say Jesus. so he never got to like live in his emotions and figure out a healthy way for him to cope. And, uh, and he ended up having the more severe depression out of the three, even though genetically all three of them are the same. Um, so that was kind of, I mean, that's a really messed up way to find out about mental health, but it is a, a really fascinating like discovery that, uh, the severity of it can really be determined by how you're raised. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I was even just thinking there when you were saying that. I wonder as well when you go out into the world by yourself and if you you lived in such like a chaotic environment, you know, you probably don't even notice that you have bipolar until you go out into the yes. world. And then you're, you're because everybody's similar in the household and then you're the different one. Yeah. And then so that can be like a hard sort of like, a, well, a way, that's probably why people don't realize until they're in adulthood, maybe. Yeah. And then also another tricky thing is like a lot of illnesses don't even present until you're a teenager or you're a young adult. So like um, uh, bipolar, a lot of times you don't you don't even develop it until you're a teen or in your 20s. Um, Same with schizophrenia. A lot of times there's some kids, there are some childhood versions of it, but like most of the time it's in your 20s. So it is like one of those with with those illnesses it's it's a little different but i would say with like depression and more behavioral problems like um personality disorders and stuff yeah because personality disorders they don't uh, that's another thing they don't really know too much about personality disorders that much either that needs to be researched more about like is there a genetic factor to those because right now i feel like they think that it's more that one's more environmental but we just don't know yeah there definitely needs to a hundred percent be more be more research because even like with borderline personality what i read up about it was just like that your wires are a little mixed up in your brain yeah it's like um you're like yes it, it seems to me that that it's like you know how uh they say you have like these different connections that you your brain grows because it's like different paths you take kind of like oh i always take 14th street yeah. to get to the subway you know that type of yeah. that type of thing like your your brain follows that same pattern throughout your thought processes and so like those personality disorders right now they're saying like oh th- that's how your your brain starts to develop those um ways of thinking um but you know who knows if that your brain developed it because it was su- like genetically predisposed to do that or if it's because you grew up with a mother who showed that behavior or something yeah, like that yeah 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 uh, also as well um how do they fix that you know they need to figure out yeah what is that how do we how do we how do we close 14th Street? <laughs> How do we decide to go down 8th Avenue instead? Exactly. Um, I think we should... Oh, we went on for really long. I'm so sorry I took up so much of your time. Oh, that's okay. You were amazing. Let's wrap this up with... Because when I asked you earlier... I love these questions. I feel like I'm... I hope that I'm making sense too. Because sometimes I ramble. I'm just like... No, no you're amazing. This is like really making sense. Okay, uh, good. The, this article that I looked up was like psychiatry, patients, families, stigma and discrimination because they say there's a lot of discri- discrimination um, and stigma. Yeah. And so 
and that you can do to yourself and that you, and it can be done to you and that's another thing is they said in this with like mental health a lot of time people will do it to themselves as well which is like really hard because oh yeah and then especially if you're in a depressive state you can really like discriminate against yourself and blame yourself and that's yeah. another thing is like you really have to learn how to have grace with yourself and um allow yourself to you know just trust that this isn't your fault yeah just really be nice to yourself i thought it said that the things because they were had a uh, oh a what not to say versus what to say but i wonder if i read that in a different hmm. article um but yeah so talk, talk talk openly educate yourself be conscious of language i wonder i wonder if there's the part of the language that was the one i wanted to oh we did talk about like word triggers a bit yeah, because there was a, like, it, it was, I can't find it, but it had like a what not to say versus what to say. And the what not to say were like nearly traditional Irish sayings. <laughs> and I was like, like Fuck! may the road rise to meet you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like real like shit we say to each other all the time. I can't find it here. If I find it, I'll bring it up like in the yeah. Patreon another time. But uh, I will also with this episode link like American and Irish mental health because uh, I think a lot of I remember I remember with my stuff with my mother and then we went on a school trip just because we did transition here I would have never known this to a house and I Peter house and it was all about like talking about like kids who cut themselves and if you want to come here and it's free therapy I never went it's in Luke and I don't know if it still exists because this would have been 15 years ago right and I remember being like oh that's good to know about that I didn't know about that yeah so um I will I'll put a link to every uh, I'll find places because I think in Ireland we're very much like a because even with STIs and STDs we just don't go get checked because you're like where would I go get that done and oh, it's like there's actual so clinics that are free <laughs> just go to Dublin make the trip it's a fucking hour wherever you live it can't be that far yeah um okay so where can people follow you so um I use the same handle for everything so I do at Rio Wojo which Great. is R-I-A w-o-j-o okay so follow maria on everything and you're gonna change your laura dern account yeah so i have a laura dern account which i'm gonna adjust to at real wojo probably in the next few months okay perfect yeah, yeah so keep keep up keep up yeah exactly <laughs> maria's engaged um Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowl code buttery exclusions apply see site for details